0: What's going on Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, it's the mailback. Yes, this is day late, but nonetheless, we're also going to get into the news about Lonzo Ball being doubtful to start the season. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, so Friday late evening, well, late afternoon, early evening, we got news that Lonzo Ball is doubtful to start the season for the Chicago Bulls. And so that, of course, sent a lot of Bulls fans just worrying, wondering, you you got to see some news about it. And while, yes, I, we've kind of been expecting this, right? Like, if, it, if you've been watching the news, Alonzo's like every time we get a positive uh, update, which we did get or, uh, late last week from Casey Johnson, seem, seeming like the Bulls' uh, front office was more optimistic. And then we get a bad one following that. So as of right now, the latest update that we got, and this is uh, the exact quote that we got from this one, uh, was that while the source reiterated, Ball's knee is structurally sound after he un- underwent arthroscopic surgery on January 28th, he continued to experience pain while attempting basketball activities as he spent the summer rehabbing in Los Angeles. Ball will, will arrive in Chicago next week to undergo further evaluation by the team, but is unlikely to participate when the Bulls begin training camp at the end of this month, sources said. Now, this torn meniscus that Lonzo Ball, like, it seems like the, the meniscus part of it is all healed. It's still this bone bruise that is continuing to give him issues when he's ramping up, things like that. And it's, and it's it's concerning, right? I don't want to act like it's not concerning. I have said that the Bulls seems like they're preparing for this. We have Io DeSumo, we have Alice Caruso, we have uh, Goran Drogic, who is really tearing it up as he just had a 20-point game over in Eurobasket after only playing like three minutes in the game before resting for that game. But this Lonzo news is hugely concerning. Now, it would be even more concerning if we didn't have a young point guard in the wings like Io DeSumo, but with that being said, like... Even IO at his best isn't what Lonzo gave us. Let, let me be clear in that. Now, IO does offer a lot of the things with Link, athleticism, things like that, but he's not at the level of Lonzo ball, at least not what we saw towards the end of that second season. Now, he couldn't make a, a I mean, his first season, we could see him make a leap in the second season. And I don't even think that IO necessarily has to replicate exactly what Lonzo does for the Bulls to be um, efficient. And, and and to be effective in that starting point guard role for the Chicago Bulls. And I know some Bulls fans even think, hey, now Goran Drogic is going to be. Listen, there's nothing to say with Goran, that in Goran Drogic, the way that he's played in the NBA, Eurobasket be damned, that he needs to be the starting point guard on the team. When you already look at a, a, a combination of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan that aren't the best defensively, yeah, you have Patrick Williams out there, but Goran Drogic and his shooting, while wow, his shooting does look good, and I do think that's why he's brought in here, I don't want to see him in the starting point guard role per se. Now, he could give us the best look at that. I'm sure this coaching staff is going to evaluate things like that. But at the end of the day, I do think Io is is, is poised to be that starting point guard. And go ahead and look at the last video that I posted, which actually, coincidentally, was about this subject before we even knew the Lonzo Ball news. But the, the issue with Lonzo's knee, the fact that every time he ramps up, it seems like he just slows down. I've said it before, and I didn't say it. And I, it sounds jokingly, but I don't mean it. It really does seem like Lonzo has the opposite of Wolverine's healing factor. He heals much slower than what is the usual progression for a player that has similar injuries. So th- the key thing is, and as we've said, is that to have Lonzo he- healthy by the end of the season, we want everybody as healthy going into the playoffs as possible for this team. And I'm sure this is frustrating for Lonzo Ball as well, who wanted to ramp up, who wanted to try to get ready to go by the playoffs that that, that kept reevaluating him was at the request of Lonzo Ball that he did want to try to Get cleared to play in the playoffs last season. I'm sure this is frustrating for him, and this is why I say things like, "Hey, I I'll, I'll always take what LeVar Ball says with a grain of salt because LeVar was like his son to be ready." It doesn't seem like things are pointing that way for the Chicago Bulls, and it is concerning. Let's not act like it's concerning. Um, and and hopefully speedy recovery to him. Ho- hopefully, when he is evaluated, maybe he's not as bad as. And you, you keep in mind, everybody's kind of hearing things from hearing things. This this article, and you guys know what I like to do. I like to really break down articles. Um, and so this was this was. Jamal Collier, you know, kind of repeating and providing things that they heard. Now, we don't know when this update was. This could have been something that that they actually heard before Casey Johnson's last update. We don't know. But we'll be sure to find out shortly as training camps open. And some players are already saying that they will be reporting to training camp early. I think uh, Patrick Williams is going down there, I think, at the end of, uh, end of uh, next week. So we'll, we'll start getting more news. But at the end of the day, and I'll present this to you guys, how you feel about it. Not that I'm not concerned about Lonzo's long-term health with that knee and being in the Chicago Bowl and all things like that. But as far as the play to start the season, while we're going to absolutely miss Lonzo, I do think this team has taken some steps to ensure themselves if Lonzo was not ready to go. And we'll see what ends up coming of it. But enough of that, let me know what you guys think about Lonzo Ball's injury and everything down below. Let's get into the mailbag this week with his first voicemail. This one is from Ace.
1: What's up, Ace? This your boy Ace, man. I'm calling in. Uh, a couple things I've been thinking about, man, while I'm getting ready for the season to start. Uh, everybody keeps trying to put uh, this title on Daylon Terry like, okay, he's going to be a three, possibly a small four. He can play all, almost four positions, but... I mean, the guy's a point guard, man. He played point guard in Arizona. He played point guard in high school. And until he puts on that weight and that NBA muscle, I don't see him really being able to be uh, as good as he can be at the three position just yet. I mean, he can do some things, but I don't see that happening right away. And I say that to say this. Um, the guy reminds me a lot of uh, Lonzo Ball. I mean, his playmaking ability is uh, the way he pushes the, the offense uh, up and down the floor. His energy is off the chain, you know, but I see him being a little bit of a better penetrator right now, even even at the age that he is right now. I think he gets to the basket a lot easier than Lonzo Ball does, and I think the best thing for him is, is really attaching himself to Lonzo Ball. Like, Lonzo Ball is going to elevate this guy's playmaking ability to a whole other level. Once he really taps into Lonzo Ball's game, Daylon Terry is going to be scary as hell to watch. uh, That's my my first thing I want to speak about. And let me know how you feel about that. I see that dude as being a backup point guard really, really soon. Um, And I have to say this next. Ayo DeSumo, with all that muscle he just put on, dude was a bucket in high school. Dude was a bucket in college. I mean, with the muscle that he just put on, I see Ayo slide more over to the two position a backup shooting guard. I think he's going to get us some buckets this year. So let me know your thoughts on that as well. Everybody keeps trying to put Io at the backup point guard, but Io doesn't really, in my opinion, push the tempo like Dalen Terry. His playmaking ability is, is pretty good, but I think when I'm putting on that muscle, you'll see Io playing more at the two position this year versus the point. Me, your thoughts, man. I'll talk to you later. Peace. All
0: right, so the ace presents something that a lot of people do. I don't even think somebody left a comment. What a, what a player played in college doesn't matter in the NBA. There have been players to play in one role in college and completely move away from that. We got to stop thinking and painting these players into one position because that's what they played. Dalen Terry has grown three inches since he left high school. So even if he played point guard in high school, and, we, and he played very sparingly in college, so I don't even think that's enough. Really, Dalen Terry's role and best position is going to be figured out. But when you look at his, his measurables, that six, seven, seven foot wingspan, that's, that's a small, four. even him at 195 pounds weighs more than some players in this league playing power forward in some cases. So I don't want to pigeonhole Dalen Terry in a point guard. And, you know, Ace said, you know, he needs to, uh, uh, to mimic Lonzo. I mean, Lonzo Ball. No, no. Now, if that ends up being his natural role, if that ends up being the way he goes, but when I see Dalen Terry, when I look at his shooting ability, when I look at his, the ability to p- play in passing lanes, yes, a lot of that does sound like Lonzo Ball, but it's the athlete, the, the, the added athleticism and things like that, I see Dalen Terry as a three. I think that he is going to be the heir apparent for DeMar DeRozan as the starting three if he progresses. They may look at other things, but if he progresses. Now, does that mean that he's not going to play in his rookie year? We're not going to see him play some point guard. We're not going to see him play some shooting guard. We're not going to see him play some small forward. AK has already said he wants to see him play some power, small ball power forward. As long as Dalen Terry is on the bench of this team, we're gonna see him utilized in a lot of different ways. And I don't think trying to pigeonhole him into one position quite yet makes sense. Dalen Terry's measurables say more small forward in today's game than point guard, anyway. But as we know, measurables aren't everything in the NBA either. So it's 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 really how that game progresses and what type of role that he needs to play for this team. So, we'll see, right? I don't I don't necessarily think and just see him as just a point guard quite yet. I understand why some people do and while I do disagree with Ace, I understand why he came to that 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 decision, right? That thinking. But I think Dalen Terry's ultimate position is really just going to be a ball player, especially in his rookie season. And if he gets minutes early on, especially now that we know Lonzo is probably is or may not be ready to go by the start of the season, which does open up some more minutes We'll we'll see and, and God forbid if Kobe White does come out slow as well, like we'll we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, I think that the, 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 the story's still being written when it comes to what position is gonna be best for Dalen Terry in his NBA career. But let me know what you guys think about that one down below. Let's get into the next one. This one is from Shay.
1: What's up, Harry? This, this is this Shay. Hey yo, I feel that do you feel that people are just being plain flat out disrespectful to the Chicago Bulls, despite the success that we had last year, now don't get me wrong. I know we got eliminated the first round, but let's face it, we did better than the than the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles there's two teams that they had going to the finals. But one didn't even get into the playoffs. One got swept the first round of the playoffs. And let's face it, other teams that were supposedly taking the jump didn't. Now, look, I understand people are going to say some, it's all about injuries, but let's face it, man. I feel like we should get a, a little bit more respect than that. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace.
0: All right, and Shay is, is, you know, something that I did, actually, in my last video. I had a pretty passionate rant at the end of that. Um, the, the disrespect around, and even coming from Chicago, and people like Joker, right, people like Keith, um, who, like, it's, it just seems like, and th- these are people in the comments that just seem like they have it out for the Chicago Bulls. Or they're just really down out. I will say this. It's up to the Chicago Bulls to show and prove. They're showing the last time that people saw the Chicago Bulls, either they were getting their ass kicked on national TV or they were getting eliminated out the playoffs. They completely fell off in the second half. Unfortunately, most of the the Bulls ascend and that that run at at being number one in the Eastern Conference, it wasn't a lot of nationally televised games. It wasn't a lot of people unless they were just league pass viewers or huge Bulls fans that got to really see that version of the Bulls team. But when they did, when they heard about this team that like people didn't uh, agree with or didn't think was going to be very good, that when they heard, hey, the Bulls are the number one team in the East, we finally get to see them on national TV. Because keep in mind, most basketball fans only get to see what games are a- advertised nationally or if they're in the city that that, that that team plays in. But we know the Bulls have a war- worldwide fan base. So because of that, I'm sure it plays into a lot of uh, a lot of that thought process that people are – downgrading the Chicago Bulls Chicago Bulls are not a playing team and anybody who says that is a fucking idiot and I'll say that here they're not going to be a playing team even if Lonzo isn't healthy most of the season and I can't wait till this team is going to pro- show and prove that because I do trust that they're going to but a lot of the disrespect was earned by the way that the Chicago Bulls did play in the latter half of the season I'd have to admit that even as the most c red fan you have to admit that the way that they finished the season was going to lead into a lot of doubt to start the season, especially considering we played a lot of play, playoff teams down the second stretch and especially, I think, like the last three weeks of the season. So it's it's understandable. But like I said before and like I said in that video, keep doubting the Chicago Bulls, keep giving them chips to put on their shoulder, keep giving them bullet, bulletin uh, points, things like that. This team is going to show and prove. I fully do believe that and I think we're going to see some surprising leaps from some players as well. That's what I think. Let's go ahead and get into this next voicemail. This one's from Jim.
2: Hey, hey, hey! Uh, this is Jim just calling from folding the plugins. Uh had just a couple of thoughts that are kinda random. Uh first thing is, I don't know why IO reminds me of Wall but he kind of does. Um and I think it's just because he's a lengthy ass defender. And he's got, like, he just got that fucking grit that Lou had, you know. Um, I see him kind of being, like, you know, defending the best perimeter player on the other team every night in his fucking future. And that could be the same with Pat. People need to think about this. If Londo's going to be out, Io's going to jump into that role, do what he can do with a little Dragic, they will take care of everything, like, through committee and everything will be good and you'll see Io develop. I'm really excited to see what he can do, dude. He also reminds me of Drew Holiday. I know that's like way, he's like a poor man, Drew Holiday, like at his potential. But like, you know, that's fucking exciting. And then another thing is uh dude, if we just get like, everybody's like putting a lot of pressure on Pat this coming year. um, if, Dude, it literally if we get like 13 points and like six or seven rebounds from him and like good shooting foot and great defense, that's a fucking huge jump if you really think about it, especially if he keeps the same efficiency with more usage. So like, you know, it's not always in the raw set. You gotta look at the other shit too. So, you know, if he steps up a little bit, we in business. And that's pretty much all I got to say. So, uh, looking forward to seeing these dudes play and you know at worst we win 42 games at best we win 55 we'll see how it goes i'm kind of leaning more towards high 40s but you know the added depths of dragage and Drummond and you know bringing back Derek jones jr will pay dividends we shall see peace out girls girl.
0: jim coming with the io desumu luau dang comparisons and when I initially heard this voicemail i wanted to completely disagree i'm not even gonna lie to you like but then as he started explaining, like guarding the best perimeter player, the length at that at positional length. Right? He doesn't have the same length that Luau had, but positional length. Um, even the versatility at the guard. Luau Dane played a lot of four for us at times. I think people forget that, like before, especially before Boozer and even after Boozer sometimes. Now, we did have Taj in them. He didn't play a, a ton of minutes as he did at the beginning of his career, but he played some minutes for us at the four as well. I was going to be a player that can play the one or the two. Now we'll see which one ends up being the more effective position for him. But you 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 said that the comparisons, the Drew Holiday comparisons, I do, and you know, I, at the beginning of last season when people started making that, I didn't necessarily see it per se. But while I, I don't know if he's going to be quite impactful as like a Drew Holiday is, and and it could turn that way. I just I have to see it before I try to put that type of pressures on somebody. I agree with those comparisons too. Io has a bright future, and especially now with the Lonzo news that he and Io may have that starting point guard spot to start the season for the Chicago Bulls in a contract year and all those things, everything that you can list there. It's going to be a big season for Io DeSumo to prove that last season wasn't just a flash in the pan. They're now going to be, especially if he's the starting point guard for this team, teams that game plan now, they have tape on Io Sumu. They're going to run part of their game plan is going to be to stop what Io DeSumo does do well and how he adjusts to that, how his body, the you know the, the added physicality that he added this summer, how does that help him guard and be more phys- a physical defender on top of that? It's going to be a, a bright season for Io sumu a contract year already in the second year as well. And I think IO is going to continue to to rise and show Bulls fans the flashes that he showed last season, the ability to continue to adapt, his drive to be the best. He keep like all the, the teams that pass on him, how he still uses that for motivation. All those things I think we're gonna see a very ready. I owe to to start next season. Now the second half of this voicemail, the pressure on Patrick Williams. This is something I've talked about a lot this summer already. Yes, there's a ton of pr- uh, pressure put on Patrick Williams. Some of it rightfully so, especially as the number one pick. Some of it put on by Bulls fans, making Kawhi comparisons early on. Some of it by the front office. Some of it just by the fact of, of Patrick Williams, not really having that huge type season type yet. He's going into the season, his 21 year old season, his third season in the NBA. I had to think about that. Cause he missed all that, the third season in the NBA. And people do want to see a leap from Patrick Williams. I don't know if the scoring leap is what we see seen initially. And I think a lot of people do judge how much Patrick Williams impacts the game just by that scoring number. And I don't think that's fair for the type of player and the role he has on this team. But what I will say is he does have to take his shots more confidently. He does have to hit those shots, which he hits him at a good clip. But he passes up some shots that we need to see him start taking in year three. I want to see more of that ball handling, especially if Lonzo's not out there to start the season. I do want to see Patrick Williams get a chance to do some more ball handling as well, because it seems like in what we've seen, the little bit of sample size, he does do pretty good in that. He's a little bit more engaged. He has, By the nature of it, he has to be a little bit more aggressive as well. If that ball handling improved, like we saw in a couple of videos from you know, Pro-Ams and Drew Leagues and things like that, could be a big weapon for him. I think this is going to be a big year for Patrick Williams. I'm not even in my, my season prediction for Patrick Williams, I didn't go up to like the 14, 15 points per game. I honestly think if Patrick Williams can give us a solid 12 to 13 points per game with a solid six, seven or eight rebounds per game, because he's the power forward and he's going to be starting power forward all this season and about five assists per game, four or five assists, depending on how they run it. I think that's a solid season in the 21 year old season year three for Patrick Williams. I don't know if we see that superstar leap yet. If we do, then the whole outlook for the Chicago Bulls changes, and I do think it's eventually going to come out—not necessarily superstar—but I do think Patrick Williams is eventually going to get and up that scoring, be more aggressive, things like that. But we need to see, much like what I said with things earlier, we need to see it. And this Bulls team and Patrick Williams has to show and prove. And Patrick Williams has to has to stop being so passive. Now, it, does he ever develop that killer instinct that people sometimes seem like they want him just going to just taking over the game? I don't think we see that. He has Demar Derozan and Zach Levine for that. I don't know if we see that for Patrick Williams in year three. But we need to start seeing a little bit more propensity to actually score the ball and to do that effectively, confidently, and not pass up some shots that he should take in year three. That's what I think. Let me know what you guys think down below. All right, this last one. This was from Rob Loso? Roloso? Let's play the voicemail.
1: Good afternoon, Hayes. This is a fan of the Chicago Bulls and a fan of your show, Rob Loso. But um, I just read a little article where he was saying Cam Reddish once out of new york and i was just uh thinking that you should probably cover that as you know put a little package trade package together i honestly don't think the bulls should trade kobe white but if they do they should get somebody like cam reddish because he could cover multiple positions and he's still young enough to you know show us what he can do so tell me what you think
0: about that man all right so this is something i actually had planned on talking about anyway Cam Reddish, the Chicago Bulls, what's the the look outlook there? Let me be clear here. Because I think it's some some misconception. I don't necessarily want to see the Bulls trade Kobe White. I want to see Kobe White be consistent and, and find a way. But like I said, the writing is kind of on the wall when you think about the extension coming up. Him and Iota Sumu. Already the amount of money that the, if they extend him and Iota sumu, the Chicago Bulls will have over a hundred million dollars locked up at the guard position alone. Over a hundred million dollars at one at, at, well, two positions point guard and shooting guard. I'm just saying the guards overall position. That's per season, not, not not over three years, $100 million per season at just the guards' positions. And we know we need more depth up front. But with that being said, a trade for Cam Reddish potentially. Let me say this. If the Bulls are just on the, on the point where we got to trade Kobe and Cam Reddish ends up being the deal, whether it's straight up, it may, I don't want to see them include maybe a future second, something like that, not any first-round picks, if they can do that. Cam Reddish doesn't want to be in New York apparently anymore. If the Bulls, I'm not saying they are, but if the Bulls are just saying we need to move on from Kobe White and they do that swap, I'm not mad at it. But really looking at the numbers of it, Kobe White has been a better player in his NBA career so far. And this is why I say that sometimes people and Bulls fans, we undervalue our own players and overvalue other players just because they're not on this team. I'm not saying Cam Reddish is bad at all by any stretch of the imagination. Kobe has been a more efficient shooter with, a, of course, a higher usage rate. He has had more run through him. Um, he scored more. He has a uh, their PERs is solid. Is similarly is right around the same area. And their defensive rating. I thought Cam Reddish was a much better defender. And again, defensive rating isn't everything, right? You got to see what you actually see on the court, what he does in the game. But the defensive ratings aren't that far off from each other at all. Cam Reddish has a career defensive rating of one hundred and fourteen. Like. And Kobe White's career defensive rating is right around that as well, right? I think his is 115. PR, Kobe has been a more efficient player as well with this time. He's been more efficient with scoring the ball, more efficient offensive player. By every single measurable stretch, that's not even a question. He's been better and more efficient at what he does. He has a higher true shooting percentage. He has a higher field goal percentage, a higher three-point percentage. The only difference that I look at it is this. If you do swap Cam Reddish for Kobe White, theoretically, again, not something that I'm saying I'm calling for, but if it does happen, Cam Reddish can't, does come out at more of a position of need. He's 6'8", Kobe's 6'4", slash 6'5", depending on what you believe there, and he can play that three more so, and knowing this team's some small ball four problem. But I look at this, and I just say, I'm um, in looking at this, like, I wouldn't be mad. Like I said, I would not be mad at all if the Bulls just decided we're we're moving Kobe and Cam Reddish is the deal. But I'm not saying that that's a deal that I would necessarily be targeting, if that's so to say. I would more so with what Kobe does and and his ability to shoot, the fact that the Bulls do need three-point shooting, they need scoring off the bench as well. I kind of trust Kobe more in that role, even with Kobe White's inconsistencies. That's my opinion. But let me know what you guys think about that one down below. Who would you rather have on this team, Cam Reddish or Kobe White? And then what would you be willing to give up? In a theoretical swap for these two players? Let me know all that down below. But that is it for today's mailback episode of Chicago Bulls Central. For anyone who was at Bulls Fest, thank you, guys. Uh, you guys make sure you show up. I love it. It was a lot of fun. But that is it for me for today. Make sure you uh, follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys and like I like in every show on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.